The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome back to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I'm Eric Deutsch. And I'm Molly Balin. And joining us one last time, the co-host of Minute of Darkness, which goes through Army of Darkness, one minute at a time, Ryan Clary. Hello, everyone. You've survived your time in Manhattan prison, and it's almost time to get over the wall and break out. Sad to go. Yes, but first, we have to have the final boss battle. This is Minute 90. It starts with Snake finishing his giant Superman jump off the pile in front of the wall. And it ends, incredibly enough, with words I can't believe we're saying after what a schmuck and an ineffective doofus he's been. The president saves the day. Amazing. The thing about this, I guess, this, as you, as you put it, uh, the boss fight, it's very anticlimactic. I mean, like, in the 80s, one of the greatest things about the movies is, like, you have, like, the final fight, and it lasts, like, like 20 damn minutes like even in even in carpenter verse like in they live like when uh rowdy piper uh dukes off with uh um lewis gossett i think keith uh, david keith yes uh that fight lasted like 25 minutes this lasts like what 15 seconds actually and- not even ryan because i timed it <laughs> because i also was like wow you know i don't think i realized until doing this minute by minute just how incredibly anticlimactic this fight is from the time he snake jumps off the car onto the Duke's back till he punches him in the face and then gets up to run away. It's a total of 10 seconds. Jeez. Unbelievable. And it's almost like John Carpenter felt when he made, they live, he had to make up for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have a question here and maybe you guys saw this a little bit better than I did, but I reviewed it a few times and I don't really understand how snake does like a Raiden teleport behind <laughs> the Duke here to be able to like tackle him. Cause he kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. He, so he jumped, he jumped off the pile and I get, so I, I mean, like, he, he had to have been hiding behind the car. Yeah. He, he has to be because the mm. Duke doesn't see him, but like, we don't see him either. Hmm. Um, cause he kind of just like leaps off the car onto the Duke from behind. Yeah. And that, that, that see, that's the, the problem is that we don't see him either. So where he would be hiding for the Duke to not see him to be able to then get up on the top of the car there, we, as the viewer should be able to see him and we don't. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm cool with it cause he's, you know, this is you know, a little bit supernatural, but whatever, he's a hero. Cool. Right. But like, yeah. I, I do, I really wish they just would have added just like a little bit more to that because we, it, it goes so quick between the Duke running up with the gun and shooting him. I mean, it's literally seconds. And so I just, I just wish there was just, just a slight bit more within editing so we could see, because it's almost like a child hiding in front of you. Like you're like, I totally see that you just went behind the couch. It's kind of like my impression of that. So I just needed to have a little bit something more to be like, okay, I get it. You know, he's going to roll up on him here, you know, or at least a little bit more fake out for me. Yeah. And then, like, um, I've never, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I mean, like I've never done any kind of sneaking up on someone to jump them in my life. So I don't know what the best, 
like what the best tactic is. Um, but like getting on, getting the high ground and jumping on someone's back, I guess is feasible. I mean, I don't know how else you do it, especially if they're armed with a, a submachine gun. Um, so I can't really like critique the technique as it were. Um, he's injured. So probably he, he knew he needed to make a count. I guess jumping on someone's back probably makes sense. Oh, totally. No, I think it's a, I think it's a completely valid move for the reasons that you're saying, you know, um, yeah, his, his chief weapon is surprise. Oh, nobody got that. Okay. <laughs> what was I mean, that from? Uh, it is a Monty Python reference. Oh, okay. Um, well that and the, I mean the yoga pants, but um, <laughs> the camo, the Siberian camo for the environment that doesn't match. Yes. Maybe that's why the, uh, the uh, Duke didn't see him. Cause he was so well camouflaged because of the combat yoga pants. <laughs> so in the in the um in the draft script they they actually send two of the rope lines down and uh by the time we get to the movie it's only the one Uh, you know dramatic effect that makes it certainly more interesting but you know in universe there's really no reason they couldn't have sent two lines down other than for dramatic effect and speaking of dramatic effect why does the president, or let's let's say, or the mysterious hand, let's say for now, stop the rope? Snake, he, he gets a couple of shots in on the Duke, so he runs off, he grabs the rope, he starts going up, and then the rope is stopped to then blow the Duke away. There is no reason other than movie dramatic effect to stop that rope at all. Agreed. Like, Snake is already serving his purpose as being like bait, you could right. argue. Um, there is no reason to stop it. The the Duke was going to open up anyway. It's not like he was going to make it over in that amount of time. Right. And it's actually better to let him keep moving because then at least it's a moving target. If he's just standing there, the Duke can easily just stand and aim and fire. Right. Yeah, I had a couple of issues with that. I mean, the first thing that's kind of humorous is that once it does stop, uh, Snake kind of shakes the rope. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, you would shake a computer if it was malfunctioning. <laughs> and that kind of like that kind of cracks me up. Um, the only thing I could think of with that, because I had that same thought of like, God, is that really necessary to like stop that to stop the rope in that moment? The only thing I could really think of was that he stops it to divert the attention, you know. But I mean, the other part of this that we're talking about here too, and and this is a less of this is kind of a rookie move that he doesn't he meaning Snake doesn't take the gun from the Duke. He kicks the gun over still within reach, right? So, like, really, he should have just taken his gun back and taken it with him. Right. You know? Yeah, very true. And um, I, I guess even further to that, like, I, I guess one of the problems I have with this scene is, like, he just, he does just throw the gun away. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't throw it off of, you know, the bridge. Um, but also being, a, being like a soldier, he, he doesn't kill the Duke. Which, like, I always found is w- kind of weird. And, like, I I guess it makes sense in terms of, like, his character. But, like, I, I know he doesn't have a lot of time. That's another kind of factor here. Like, he's only got 60 seconds to live. So he is in a bit of a rush, and I cut him some slack there. But as, as you said, Molly, there were some rookie mistakes made in that um, very short altercation with the Duke. Yeah, I mean, unless he just feels... 
uh, maybe you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the ticking clock is the biggest factor. Maybe he also feels that you know he got a couple of good shots in on him. The Duke, he's probably like you know I dazed him enough. He'll be dazed long enough for me to just get over the wall. Once we're the wall, I don't care what the hell the Duke does. You know, I just got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like another script difference in the shooting script when Snake grabs the line first and before the Duke gets up. The president actually waves frantically down to the guards and says, pull it up. So it's interesting that in the script, he's, you know, kind of trying to help Snake get up and they they pulled that out. So Mm. I think that's good because it makes it even more of a surprise of what is about to happen. Because if you see the president go, hey, pull it up. And it's like, oh, maybe the president's not such a bad guy. Whereas opposed to here, the last we see him is getting pulled up over the wall and then we see him blowing the duke away uh and so it makes it nice more of a surprise that we don't have him in the middle doing that Mm. yep no i get that yeah agreed and he's so delightfully crazy here and i'm like oh madman where have you been vengeance president is an awesome president because he's just (laughs) so just like off the hook with this like you know uh you're the duke you know who's a number one now that kind of rhetoric and it's so good to just to see him and he has this kind of like protracted crazy voice when he starts out like he's super joyful and there is something really satisfying about that but at the same time like i don't know i'm like i don't know that you were mistreated enough for that kind of response necessarily but, you know, I appreciate, like, him just kind of going off the rails in this moment. Like, it's a really delightful turn. Like, I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed him just, like, being nutty and, and just completely r- just riddling him with h- holes here, with bullet holes. It's amazing. Yeah, I no, that's, uh, that's really solid. Um, I, I always kind of thought that it was, um, it was New York or the prison New York um, rubbing off on him and like that that kind mm. of crazy it really really brought that i think it brings it out in everyone because like i think uh, i know it's not in this movie but like snake plissken at the end of uh this this movie sequel is like welcome to the human race you know and it's like there is a very human aspect to this movie and everyone in it like even the duke and his associates i mean they're 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 baddie faux show <laughs> but they're all they're all still human and uh you know i i think the place brings out the crazy in you. And I think we see that in, uh, in the president in this last scene. And yeah, no, it's like one of my, like a favorite scene. He's just unloading on the Duke. I mean, it's, it's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is one of my favorite movie scenes of my childhood is this shot. My sister and I would say to each other, like, yo, the Duke, like all that we just walk around <laughs> saying all the time. This is just so, it's just so awesome because it's such a turn from this, this complete loser that we've had the entire movie and just the way he says it and what he says and just, you know, unloading, I mean, what, like 20, 30 shots, just completely wasting the whole clip on him. It's just so great. Yeah. Very memorable scene. And like, in terms of like death scenes, and we were talking about Maggie's uh, scene about how it was overly brutal. I put this at number two, uh, the Duke's death scene. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was it was pretty pretty rad seeing that as a kid. You're like, oh, this is awesome. And then I will say, um, at the end of this movie, like this, as a kid, it, the movie stopped making sense to me after this scene. Like, I didn't get it for like I didn't get the like the whole point of the movie for like years. Um, but then again, I watched it pretty at a pretty young age. So. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got some pretty big script differences here in this scene. And I, I think you're both going to agree with me that the way that they ended up filming it is much better. In the draft script, Snake... Uh, so they're struggling. Snake actually shoots the Duke. Doesn't die. He shoots him. He runs to the line. The Duke then gets up with the bullet shot in him. And he actually goes and he grabs Snake and he pulls him off of the rope. Then they have this little fight that we see here. And then gang members from the third car that crashed into the Duke's car when he hit Maggie come start running up the bridge also. They've actually survived the crash. And now they're running up. And then the guards come to the wall and they blow away the Duke and the other people. It's not the president. And that would have really sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's a very different response. Yeah. yeah, I it just would have been such an anticlimactic end. Yeah, I agree. No, I think the way they did it was much, much better. I, I will say that I wish Snake had a little bit higher of a body count in this movie. That's mm. one one critique I have. Uh, but... Um, but no, does, I like that. He does blow away a lot of the crazies in the chock full of nuts scene. He does. He does. And there's my favorite death was the uh, throwing star to the head. <laughs> Once again, change the script. We get to the shooting script, and, and he's changed it so that the president shoots him so good. But the shooting script does not have the president's rant. You're hey, number one. Mm, the other ooh. two. That is not in there. So... I don't know if we'll ever know if that was a Donald Pleasance ad lib or if they or if John Carpenter added it on the spot uh, while they were filming after the script was complete. Mm. And again, without without that rant, it, it's not as epic of a scene. No, it really isn't. Um, yeah, and, and it still just makes him look weak, you know, mm. because it's such a controlled. There, I don't know. There, there's not really. He's he's in a safe place. He's literally up on the tower. There's guards, you know? It's like the safest opportunity to just let loose, you know? So again, there's just like a, you know, uh, it's not a respectable move, I guess. It's not heroic. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's just, just revenge. It's just like bloodthirsty revenge, just madness. Yeah, Crazy. it is. It is. It's just madness. But that's why it's amazing, you know, yeah. that that you that's and I, I think you're right. I think that's what what's pushed him to. I think he's a representation of what happens to people once they go inside. For sure. And like what's what's kind of cool and it, and also like interesting about the um, the president in this movie is he was always very cool, very calculated and, and very even tempered, you know, and like you could sense that underlying I guess that malcontent or whatnot under his, uh, that kind of visage uh, the, uh, under like his, what he presents to the camera uh, in terms of the character. But like uh, you always kind of like guess there was something more. Um, but uh, what you see here is someone without a plan, <laughs> someone mm. who, just, who just wants to take revenge and just kind of loses it. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, did you guys have any other notes or thoughts about the movie? Well, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask another one of my uh, tie-in questions here to Ryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, go. Love especially it. considering how much he, he enjoyed the prospect of yesterday's question. I, I don't. Again, I think I'm going to get a different answer to this than I thought I was when I thought of the question. Would you rather be locked in a room with Romero or with the bone hands from Army of Darkness that uh, come up out of the ground? <laughs> bone hands. 
<laughs> and why is that? Um, wait a minute. Are they or locked in a room with the bone hands? So they're right. they're they're attacking me. Yeah, just like they do to Bruce Campbell in the movie. Okay, I'm going to go with the assumption that the second I get wounded, I'm going to become undead. So that means that I'm going to have be playing like undead whack-a-mole for eternity in a room. <laughs> and like, I don't think I could ever necessarily get bored of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. awesome. Uh, uh, well, before you go, Ryan, any, any, is there anything at all about the movie that you didn't get a chance to say in these three episodes that you uh, want to still get in? Yes. Okay, so uh, we talked about um, a little bit about the music in this movie, Mm -hmm. but I want to talk specifically about the bitchin' intro that the Duke has. And my question after watching this movie for the hundredth whatever time uh, just recently was, what do we think came first? Do you think it was the character that inspired the music, or do you think the music inspired the character of the Duke? Mm. Mm. So this is the song called The Duke Arrives slash Barricade. Yes. Um, it, there's, it's just really, uh, it's hip, yes. it's cool, it's really fresh. Like, in this, this movie is very dark, okay? And, and that's, that's the setting of it. And that music, when it kicks on, we see the Duke. He's almost like a light in the darkness in this prison. Weirdly enough, he's like the the true North Star to everyone in New York. So when the music kicks on, you're just like, yeah, you, it, it's it's kind of like a like a breath of uh, breath of fresh air, so to speak, for the movie. And I think it was a really great uh, matching and pairing of the uh, the mute the score, the character, and uh, Isaac Hayes as, as the actor. Like it was just. Great scene. I really love that intro. And I was curious about what the chicken and egg uh, situation, mm-hmm. what what may have come first. I am going to vote for Isaac Hayes was cast and then the song was written. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. That's what I, I like. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably what happened. I like to believe that they, <laughs> they composed the track and they're like, OK, now this is what we think this character should be. But I think you guys are probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that they had, I'm sure John had a sense of, and Nick Castle had a sense of like who the Duke was. I think once they cast Isaac Hayes, I think that they, in a creative sense, probably reacted to that and and perhaps tailored things a little bit more to like his vibe. Because obviously Isaac Hayes has got a very, distinct aura and a distinct vibe about him and he brings a uh, a complete you know flavor profile with him and Mm. i think they probably were you know creatively influenced by that and you know wanting to you know do right by him you know to some degree i mean it's all i mean the synth is john carpenter obviously but i think yeah i think there was definitely a, a creative influence there to do right by him Nick Castle, though, real quick, last thing, last Starfighter, my yeah. favorite, my favorite standalone sci-fi movie of the '80s. Uh, just oh, hands down, no question, that's what it is. So, how do you feel about the fact that every couple of years they talk about remaking that? I love it. I love it. It's great <laughs> because, like, that's how the movie stays alive. You know, it's like I, mm. I hope that they do it right, but like, you can't. You can't forget a movie like that. Like it, and and I'm glad that 
it's that kind of the itch on the back of the mouth that you just can't scratch, you know? And it's like, everyone still talks about it. It's still alive. It'll happen one day. Um, I'm pretty sure I know the script that they probably end up going with. Uh, it's one that would be very sad, I'm sure. But like, I, I hope they make it happen. All right. Well, everyone, remember, you can listen to Ryan talk about Army of Darkness somewhere on the Internet. Minute of Darkness uh, was the podcast, and uh, he might not remember where to find it, but I bet if you Google it, I bet you can find it. And yep. uh, Luminarypodcast.com. There we go. Woo! Luminarypodcast.com. Now Brad will not have to kill you. Phew. <laughs> Well, he certainly did a great job of killing the domain and the website. Am I right? Oh. Ooh. Nah. Uh, yeah, no, no Brad, you cannot turn your mic on. You cannot respond. I'm sorry. No, don't no, do it, Brad. Mic, Can't do it. Mic off. No, no, no. Uh, come talk to us on Facebook. Uh, that's Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. Talk to us on Twitter. That's NY Minute Pod. Molly, I think I'm stealing your thunder because I think you were supposed to do the outro. I was, but you're you're just rolling along so nicely. So maybe I'll I'll do the our our closing line. All right, take it from here. I, uh, <laughs> I, listeners, I, I I apologize. I totally uh, forgot the intro, and that means Molly's supposed to do the outro. It's all it's all good. It's all good. And with that, be on time. Stay <laughs> out of the sewers, and we'll meet you on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm.